Um, Interesting question. Oh boy. So we probably should start saying at the uh, outset of every service, put Siri in a box. <laughs> I don't want her talking back every time I say something. Um, you know, every year, the president gets up and he gives a State of the Union address. And uh, I have wanted to give a State of the Church address. Not of the church everywhere, but of our church. So this morning is a message to Faith Christian Church. So I'm so glad that you all are here. And I'm really glad we have visitors here today. Hallelujah. So this is unique. Um, and what I'd like to do is I'd like to key off of a verse the Lord's been putting on my heart about this word. And it's Revelation chapter 2. Verses 8 through 10. Now in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, at the very beginning of the, the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, John sees this magnificent vision of the Lord standing in the midst of the churches and he's two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. He's fire in his eyes. And um, the first thing that happens is the Lord gives seven messages to the seven churches of Asia. And the one that I want to read to you is a brief message to one of those seven churches called the Church of Smyrna, because I think it relates to us. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead but is now alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty. But you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who oppose you. They say they are Jews, but they are not, because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. I'm not sure that's for us, but um, at any rate, if it is, we'll take it. Uh, you will suffer for 10 days, but if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. The part that I like to lift out that I believe pertains to us is the Lord said, I know about your suffering and your poverty. Uh, we are not by any stretch the richest church around. We're not certainly the biggest church around. We're, uh, we lack so many of the things and the amenities and uh, the developments um, I pastored a large church that had all those things for many, many years um, uh, up in New England. And I've been there and I've been here. And I have to say there's something happening here. Praise the Lord. And Jesus said about the church of Smyrna, I know you're suffering, I know your poverty, but you are rich. Let me say it again. When God says, but you are rich, you might want to ask him, what do you mean I'm rich? In what way am I rich? Where's my wealth? What do you see that we don't see? Where's the value, um, the value that you see that makes you say, in spite of our poverty or lack, we are rich? Well, those seven churches of Asia, God had a message for each of them, all seven of them. 
five of them the Lord rebuked. He said some good things, but he had very specific, stern rebukes for those churches and called them to change and to, to repent and adjust. Only two of them did the Lord compliment and just simply give a compliment like he did the church of Smyrna. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12 about the fact that we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ as Christians and he's going to evaluate our lives and our works and he's going to sift through the content of our life and he's going to judge us. It's not a judgment of damnation or condemnation. Nobody who appears before the judgment seat of Christ in heaven um, is, is going to result in being cast out of heaven. It is a time of evaluating what we did with our life and what was done that has eternal worth and value that will last forever into eternity and what will just be burned up as, as being worldly and earthly. And um, he says in 1 Corinthians 3.12, talking about this, anyone who builds on that foundation of Jesus Christ may use a variety of materials. Think of your life and what you use to build, put your life together. He says, you may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has value. And Paul goes on to write, that if your work was gold, silver, and, and uh, precious gems, obviously be re refined, but it won't be burned up, and you'll enter heaven with a great reward for those things that you built in your life. If it's wood, hay, or straw, of course it'll be burned up, but you yourself, because Jesus is Lord of your life, will be saved, you'll enter heaven, but by yourself, without great works or rewards commensurate with those works. You know, the Lord said about the church of Smyrna, he said, you may be poor, but I say that you're rich. And he said it because fruit is divined by, uh, defined by God's eternal values. And churches, just like individuals, choose to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And the things that they build, the, the motivations and the purposes behind their building are the materials that they use when they build. And just like the, the scripture says about the individuals, churches also, in the same way, build either with gold, silver, or precious gems, or wood, hay, and stubble. But that's for the Lord to sort out. And the Lord will sort it out. Some will enter eternity with great rewards, while others will come in by themselves alone. You, I believe, are as the church of Smyrna. Small, maybe poor, in a lot of respects, but the Lord says you're small but great. You are poor but rich. How are you rich? Well, you are rich in your love for Jesus. It is the prominent feature of the church. Your faithfulness to his word. You're rich in making Jesus your highest value. You're rich because you desire to be sincere and genuine above all things. It's more important to you than it is making an impression on others or on the world, is wanting to be sincere in the eyes of God, wanting to be genuine. 
Paul closes the letter to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 6.24 by saying, Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ with sincerity. With sincerity. Oftentimes, the love with which we love one another um, is tainted because it has a lot of self in it. What am I going to get out of this? I love you because of the way you loved me back. And that kind of love gets in the way, and, but not God's love, not agape. The love of God gives to, to lift up, to elevate, to improve the object of its love. And, and the Lord loves us, and that is exactly what he has done for us. But he's given us his love, and we have a choice what kind of love we choose when we love one another. We come together as a church. Faith Christian Church, God says, you're a rock in the midst of a storm-tossed sea. In a world where so many churches labor to define their significance by how well they align or integrate with the current trends and cultures of the world and put their emphasis on their ability to connect in those ways, your sole concern is how you connect with Jesus, how you align with Him, how you integrate with Him. If that's not the most important thing to you, if that's not what you're looking for, you'll probably come and not find what you're looking for and move on, although you love the Lord and want Him. Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, in chapter 3, has an amazing statement. And again, it talks about how God values us and the churches that are built as we come together in fellowship. He says in verse 16 and 17, Then those who feared the Lord talked often one to another, and the Lord listened, and he heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverenced and worshipfully feared the Lord and who thought on his name. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in that day when I publicly recognize and openly declare them to be my jewels, my special possession, my peculiar treasure. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. That is how I see you. That is, I believe, how the Lord sees you. Praise the Lord. Our wealth um, the value, the wealth of Faith Christian Church is you, his people, and how Jesus sits in your life. Many of our deeply founded families over the years came here um, either not knowing Jesus and met him here, or, you know, being relatively young, young in the Lord, new, new babes in Christ, put down roots and went to work producing fruit. When I think of that, um, I think of the Sayer family. Scott, Diane, Jacob. You are the backbone of the body. You came to Faith Christian Church not knowing Jesus, but you kept coming until you truly experienced him and his saving grace. And through the years, you fought the fight of faith through many various adversaries in your life to grow in God and the whole time served immediately, enrolled yourself 
in service, in ministry, in the ministry of helps, the entire time growing and maturing to become the backbone of the church. That's how I see you. That's how the Lord sees you. We are so grateful to have a backbone. Where would you be if you didn't have a spine? Hallelujah. First church of the jellyfish. Chris and Giselle Dunn. You are roots, R-O-T-T-S, and have been in the DNA of our church from its beginning, having come from the first faith Christian church in Connecticut back in the 70s and 80s. Chris, through your lifelong faithfulness to serve with your beautiful music, you've provided the background to our worship experience through the decades, and you're a gifted thinker with a free and a wonderful mind always bringing deep treasures from God's Word. And Giselle, I see you back in the back. We have been so blessed with your sacrificial love for Jesus and your kindness towards His people. You've demonstrated the fight of faith, pushing through your own stress, your hardships, in order to consistently step up and give prophetic words and encouraging prayers and words to people right when they needed them to so many of us. And we are grateful. We have been blessed and strengthened by your gift. Some people that I'm going to mention may not even be here this morning, but I'm going to mention them anyway. Hallelujah. Delphia Fuller. Yeah, no, I know Delphia's Hallelujah. Delphia, you are a genuine helper of others. You're always faithful bringing people to church with you. You probably don't realize it, but in that simple task, you're fulfilling one of the greatest ministries that is recognized in the New Testament. And in that way, you are truly a great example to all of us. Terry and Helen Burchard, you are gatherers of blessing. Some people gather, and when they gather, what results is not a blessing. <laughs> but you are gatherers of blessing. Your love for others is a gift of God to the people of our church. You are always gathering people to him through your spirit of hospitality and fellowship. Helen, through your eagerness to initiate prayer in every situation. Hallelujah. Have you ever gone up to Helen and talked about something that was going on and got out of the conversation without Helen grabbing you and saying, well, let's pray about it. So, your insistence and eagerness to initiate prayer in every situation makes you a constant inspiration for us to look to Jesus for the answer in everything that we do. Praise the Lord. You are gatherers of blessing. Terry, one of our church's great treasures is your ability to lay hands on people and release the impartations of the Holy Spirit. That's why, no matter how poor we may be, we, in natural things, may be poor, 
we are always rich in God because of people like you who can pull down the anointing and impart the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to people. I don't see Justin this morning, but Justin Beatty, you are a consummate helper of others all through the years. You have never ceased to sacrifice your time and your resources as unto the Lord for those who are in need. And my mind just floods right now, as many of yours do, of the times of Dustin crawling through your attics <laughs> at 140 degrees to fix your air conditioning or sliding under your car in the middle of August to repair something under there. And so... Always reaching out and helping, sacrificing to people who are in need. You're a great example of Christ. It's no wonder everybody loves you so much. Seth and Melissa, Holland. You are a grace multiplier. Think about that. You are a grace multiplier. Seth, you were a Marine. You know what a force multiplier is. You guys are grace multipliers. You have been so faithful and sacrificial with both your support and your serving over the years. And in spite of your own needs, in spite of your own trials, which many people didn't know about, but I knew about them, and certainly God knew about them, they never got in the way of your joyfully investing years of faithful service in the Sunday school, working on our media and IT problems. What is worse than IT trouble. Is there anything, anything that'll make you lose whatever good things that you've got than to be sitting on the phone with IT and, and, and you can't find a 10-year-old and you're forced to have to make that call. But Seth is, man, he's been there and he's so, he's just that perfect IT person, just calm, just here, chill out, go eat a sandwich, we'll take care of this. It'll be all fixed by Sunday. You have greatly added to why we are a rich church. Anya Johnson, good morning. You, my dear, are a light. You are a light. Your delight in Jesus and your earnest desire for him always shines through your positive attitude. Maybe other people don't know. I know that you, you go through valleys and face trials but you've decided to be a light. You carry that light with you everywhere it goes, and it blesses us. Bonnie Sextro, you, the Lord says, are a faithful fountain. You and Kathy and I go back, way back, <laughs> farther than a lot of us want to admit. You and Kathy and I go back to the early 70s, 71, 70, early 70s, to our days in the Jesus movement, radical Jesus freaks. Our church is so blessed to have you and the great love for the presence of the Lord and the presence of the Holy Spirit that you bring to this body. I, I just pray that that love that you have just multiplies and spills out and baptizes all of us. Hallelujah. Lucy Summer, praise the Lord. Good morning, Lucy. You, the Lord says, you are a joy spring, a spring, a fountain of joy. 
That's what you are to Faith Christian Church with your bold witnessing, your gift of faith, true genuine gift of faith. When you pray, things happen. Come on. Hallelujah. If you know Lucy, if you talk to her, her constantly, let me tell you the latest testimony. She's got the latest testimony of praying for somebody out in public, some stranger, and God healing, delivering, answering those needs. We're all blessed through your constant prayer and intercession for our church. John and Barbara Wilkes, you two are a living monument. You know, when you see those statues, those great monuments, they're dead. The person's gone. They're dead. You are living monuments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Monuments of God's faithfulness. His faithfulness to His Word. His faithfulness to answer prayer. Your zeal, your faith, your zeal for the Things of God is an inspiration to us. Every time you share, when we're in prayer meetings with you in the service, when I think of you, I think of Psalm 92, verse 14 through 15 says this, Growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of spiritual vitality in trusting and love and in contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promises. That's you guys. Scott and Michelle Ballard aren't here this morning, but if they were, I would tell them, you are vessels of readiness. Though Scott and Michelle are oftentimes not able to be with us, they have circumstances that prevent them from being here every Sunday, when they are here, when they're able to come, we are so blessed by their sincere eagerness to encourage the body with words, with prayer, with fellowship, to give and let that ministry of the Holy Spirit flow out through them. Antonio and Kaylee Diarmas, you guys are trees of righteousness. You came here as teenagers. You grew under Marty and Lisa's youth ministry. And even then, your fervent dedication to the Lord was so evident. Antonio, your genuine tenderheartedness was so evident to Marty and I back then. And your humble conscience towards Jesus, always shines and always has and still to this day, when you get up to share, when you speak, that mercy, that kindness shows, it flows through. And Kaylee, you're going to have to go home and let her watch this video or tell her. Katie, you can, Kaylee, sorry. <laughs> Did you know we're changing your wife's name? Did you know? Okay. You consistently value and pursue what is good and upright. I've noticed that about her. She doesn't have time for worthlessness, wrong decisions. She is a woman that seeks out what is upright, what is good, and she pursues it as a great tracking system in her heart. Hallelujah. 
And that's a leadership ability. That's a leadership quality, praise the Lord, that along with you, Antonio, she is leading your family to become openly and courageous lovers of Jesus. Your whole family shows that love for the Lord. And that's true leadership. Amos and Kaylee, I see you guys in the back. Praise the Lord. Lord says, even though you're somewhat new, most of these people have been here, but if you've been here 10 years or less, you're like new people. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lord says, you are a sign of life. Just picture in your mind, going through a desert, going through, going through a, a, a battlefield of dead people, finding a sign of life. You guys are a sign of life when you first came. Your kindness, your openness, your love for fellowship revealed your love for Jesus. And that's part of our church's great wealth, and I'm looking forward to that multiplying and growing. Danny and Heather Barrett. Heather Bear Barrett, my daughter and son-in-law. You are a discovered treasure. A discovered treasure. When people find you, they discover one of the great testimonies of God's redeeming grace. And bringing the both of you together, God is revealing the compounding power of His grace when people say yes to Jesus. Seeing your zeal, your boldness, your joy, people would find it difficult to believe the hardships and the sadness, the brokenness that you have both experienced previously and escaped in your lives. If people doubt that God is joyful, they need to come here and get to know you and discover God's treasure of grace. Amen. Connie's not here this morning. We keep praying for her. Connie has, you know, she is uh, struggling, fighting the fight of faith over health issues. But whenever she can, she's here. She's sitting over there. And let me tell you, you need to get to know Connie if you don't know her because Connie is a treasure of deep waters. The woman is deep. Hallelujah. Through her life of fearless missionary travel, street evangelism, she would be greatly welcomed in any church where Jesus is welcomed. But the fact that Connie is here with us is evidence that though we may be poor in some things, that we are a rich church. If there's no other place to look to find why FCC is a rich church, you look into Connie Flannery and you go, there's a jewel, there's richness, there's wealth. Glenn and David Hahn, you two are two of God's fountains of blessing. If you've ever been to a fountain, um, or if you go to Rome, Trevi Fountain, you see all the fountains springing up and everything, and they're amazing. Think of yourself as fountains of blessing because that's what you are to this church. Glenn, your gift of praise and worship. 
is a treasure to our body. It's a treasure to our church, but not just through your talents, but through your heart. The Holy Spirit blesses us because of what's in your heart, your kindness, your humility, your thoughtfulness. And through those things, God is always present with us when Glenn Hahn is present with us. And David, your steadfast faithfulness amazes me. You've never said it, but I'm going to say it this morning. I am amazed because David lives in Bradenton, Florida. And he gets up every week and he comes and brings the gift that is in his life to us. He drives over an hour more than 50 miles from Bradenton, pays the tolls over the Skyway Bridge both ways to be with us on Sunday just to be a part of this church. Folks, David is why we are a rich church in God's eyes. Mark Johnson. Good morning, Mark. Praise the Lord. You're a faithful, ready servant. Your faithfulness is to be here every week, but not only every week, but to serve when you are here. Serve wherever you're needed. Get plugged in wherever there's a need. Mark is willing to be plugged in. But then you're here at every prayer meeting. You're here at the men's gatherings. You're here at every special gathering that we have. And many Christians come to church to receive. Certainly nothing wrong with that. But you come to give. And you have made us rich through that giving. Thank you. Renee, good morning. Renee, you are a true heart. Not a lot of people have a true heart. You are a true heart. And though you are relatively new here, your tenderheartedness for the Lord and for the things of God has immediately become evident and part of our church's treasure. And we are looking forward to great things that God is going to do in your life and be being part of it. Shelby Nigren, good morning, dear. So awesome to see you. You may not know this, but you are a hidden diamond. You think of what a diamond is. You're a hidden diamond waiting to be discovered. The beauty that God has put in you is in the clarity of your kind and tender heart. And as one of God's diamonds, your strength will endure no matter what you go through, and your value cannot remain undiscovered. It's coming forth. Jesse and Aubrey Trimble, we are so glad to be a part of your family. Hallelujah. <laughs> you are a faithful stream. When settlers traveled out west. Where did they settle? They always looked for a stream because you can't survive unless your land is by a source of water. You're a faithful stream flowing through our church. Your family is priceless to us. Every one of your daughters and your son, your whole family, you are living evidence that Faith Christian Church may be small, but we are great 
and we are rich. Jesse, you are a true defender of the faith, full of love for truth and zeal for the gospel. But the fact that no one has ever heard you complain about the disabilities that you have to overcome every day because you're too busy praising God and thanking God makes us realize how much God loves us that He has given us such a gift in you. And Aubrey, a lot of things we could say. I probably should pass out scraps of paper and let everybody write. What, What do you think Aubrey is? But I'll tell you what the Lord put on my heart. He said, Aubrey is a doer. Aubrey is a doer. A doer, not a busier, but a doer of necessary and important things. Lots of people are busy, but you accomplish great things that lift the lives of many people, not just in your immediate family, but in the extended family and probably where you work and around the people that you work with. You are a doer of necessary and important things. You're able to sift through everything and see what is important and give your energies to those things and bring forth things that bless and lift up many. We are all blessed to be a part of your family. Diana Marissa Dutra. Good morning, ladies. Thank you for preparing this month the um, uh, missions uh, bake sale table for us. You are both signs of faithfulness. Anybody who's been around here for any length of time, they see you walk down the hall or in the sanctuary, there's faithfulness. The two of you are signs of true faithfulness. You've both been so faithful and diligent to help serve without asking for anything in return. From years in the Sunday school to fundraising for our missions, everything you do is done with excellence, without complaining, with joy. Your faithfulness is one of our greatest values. Last but not least, and I'll tell you, well, I'm going to hold this thought. Last but not least, Marty and Lisa Spann, you have been a treasure of wealth to this church from its beginning. Not only through the many ministry posts that you've served in, street evangelism, feeding the poor, uh, leading the youth ministry, the greatest youth ministry we ever had, uh, your missionary travel, your companionship to me, assistance in ministry, and it goes on and on. But on top of all of those things, and maybe, maybe even more prominent than all those things, is that you have served the Lord with your home. Your home is listed in one of the lists of the gifts of the Spirit as a gift of hospitality. Your home has been a haven of hospitality, of refreshing care, and of discipleship for so many people over the years. Blessed so many. We wouldn't have time this morning if we got them all lined up and let them talk about how their lives were helped through difficult times, trained, prepared, lifted up, and encouraged. And through all of these years and these transitions that we've all gone through, you've never let up on caring for the people and supporting the ministry. 
of the church. You have really made us wealthy with that gift. Hallelujah. I want to talk for just one moment about... Oh, there's a hand up. All right. I was hoping nobody would notice, but if I have to say something about Hank Way, he is the way. <laughs> Hank came from, from our church up in New Haven, Connecticut, back in the, when did you come there, in the 80s? Mid-80s. And he was in the sound ministry. And he's still there. <laughs> now, that says something. I can make it say a lot of things, but I'm going to make it say something good. Hank was then and is now a true servant. Truly a blessing and eager. I'm the first one here every morning. I'm here by myself just praying, waiting on the Lord. Hank's usually the next person through the door. And he comes in, and with him he brings, praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Hallelujah. So he is new. I think of that scripture, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. And Hank is a great treasure and a great blessing. The, chil the children, Trimbles, Darmus, the Hollands, the children of this church. I wish I could talk about each of them individually, but collectively I want to say something. There are Trimble girls are over there going, I'm not going to do that to you, but I am going to say this. And I could say it collectively about all the children. They are truly one of the great evidence of wealth in our church because our children are bright. There's not a dull, dumb one among them. <laughs> and that is the absolute truth. They are bright kids. They are well-balanced well-balanced kids. They are discerning. I go out and hang out after church with everybody and I get to talk with the kids and everything. They are smart kids, but not just bright kids. They are, they are discerning. They've got wisdom. Go talk to those kids. Let them ask you questions. You'll find out. They'll have you stumped in that quick. They are well-founded and they are our bright future and they are truly Wealth. I want to mention a few names. There are some people, a few of you may know a couple of them, but most of them you don't know. They live out of state. They live in other places. They've been connected to this ministry for a number of years. They give either weekly or monthly to this ministry. You never know them because they don't live here, but they are connected to us. Dora Verleza has been a close friend of ours, was with us at our church up north for many years when we were at Yale and when we're in New Haven and has, has given since we came down here, she has supported this ministry monthly for 34 years. Isn't that amazing? Dora Craig Sacavino, Christy Burchard, your daughter, Maria Melendez, who used to be a part of this ministry before she went and joined the Navy, and now she's, she's up in Pensacola. And there's a number of others, and we really appreciate them. They're part of the body. They're part of what makes us wealthy. So I'm going to close my state of the church address with this observation. 
that many people have passed through these doors. Um, some were with us and, and made our church rich, made rich deposits before relocating out of the other, out of, out of the uh, uh, out of the area, rather, like the Conyers, the Homschilds, the Cunes, just to name a few. Um, some were shopping and didn't find what they were looking for. It's fine. Um, we are poor in a lot of respects, so we understand that. But some people, some, some hand-selected people of God, you people, have planted your families here. And therefore, with long roots in him, God says that you are the wealth of this church because you have made Jesus what this church is all about. And before I close with this final scripture, I want to say to our visitors this morning, I wish I knew you because I know their stories in each and every one of you. I know that God sees great value in your life. And I know that the Lord loves you and cares about each and every one of you. And so just know that even though your name wasn't mentioned, that if you know Jesus, and he certainly knows you, that he loves you, and he is speaking about you, praise the Lord. Isaiah 61, verse 3, I'm going to close with this. God appointed to those who mourn in Zion beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord so that he may be glorified. That's what God is looking for in a church. Trees of righteousness that he has planted that glorify him. And if the Lord, if Jesus were looking for a bride, he would pick you. Hallelujah. Hey, and guess what? Jesus is looking for a bride. Glory to God. And I believe he's glad to have you as his people. I'd like you to stand with me this morning. I want to invite you, as many as would like to, to just come and bunch up around this table, we're going to close, but I'd like to close with us. You could sit in the chairs up front if you'd like, but I'd like us to just come and gather around, and when you get here, I'll tell you why.